Thank you so much for joining in to today's podcast from Caleb Perkins Ministry. We pray that today's podcast will be uplifting and encouraging in your walk with the Lord. Now here's today's podcast. So today I want to uh, speak on legacy and, you know, specifically so others may run with the vision and what that looks like for the next generation. And you might be listening to this and you might be saying, you know, well, you know, I'm just starting out in ministry or I'm, I'm a newly formed believer or maybe you've been saved for a long time and you're listening to this as a, a building up of discipleship in your life. And, uh, you know, you have to at some point uh, recognize the next generation and have a heart to train them and to build them up so that they can run the race that's set before them. So as we as we talk about, you know, that next generation, today I'm going to be uh, talking specifically out of Habakkuk uh, chapter 2 about writing the vision and making it plain. Uh, there's some things in this passage of Scripture that I want to break down for us. And I think it's going to be helpful uh, for us moving together as believers in the body of Christ. I pray that these episodes have been uh, uplifting and encouraging you up to this point in your walk with the Lord. And if it has, uh, absolutely go in and uh, you know send us emails and, and messages. Let us know uh, how these things are impacting your life. So without further ado, uh, we will get into the scriptures, as in we, I mean me. So I'm here with you today. So Habakkuk chapter 2, I'm going to start reading in verse 1, and I'm going to read down uh, through verse 3, but I'm going to uh, stop along the way. We're going to uh, talk about the, the biblical interpretation of it, uh, the application portion of it, how we can apply it to our lives, and what that means for us today as believers in the body of Christ. Now, I know a lot of people who uh, discredit the Old Testament because they say, well, you know, now that we're followers of Jesus, uh, the Old Testament doesn't apply to us. Uh, we are in a new covenant. Yes, we are in a new covenant. Absolutely. The Old Testament still gives us the characteristics and the nature of the Father, and we need to be mindful of that as we move forward with our relationship in the Lord because these, are, these things are still kingdom principles that we need to apply for our life. With that in mind, so starting here in uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1, it says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. And so when we look at this, so if you've been listening to the podcast and the episodes for any uh, length of time, you will know that I love to take Scripture and compare it to the whole of the Bible. And what that means is that it, that keeps us from uh, taking a wrong or a—it's called eisegesis, which is where you put your own, your own bias or interpretation into the Scriptures. We want to actually exegete Scripture, which means to take the Scripture and the text, compare it to the whole of the Scripture so that we can have a proper application so we're not taking uh, the Scriptures out of context. So here in— uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1, it, it's talking about standing the watch, setting himself upon the rampart uh, to watch and see what he will say to me. So in the Hebrew culture, you know, taking time for devotion and prayer and consecration to get into a place where we are able to hear from the Lord uh, does not mean that we are still not in a watchful place. 
and the prophets of old, Habakkuk being a prophet in the Old Testament, the, this book is called a, a minor prophet. doesn't mean that he's less than, so, say, Isaiah, who is considered a major prophet. It just means the book is smaller. So the minor prophets uh, include Habakkuk. So when we're talking about uh, Habakkuk being a prophet and him being watchful, see, the, the whole concept was that these were spokesmen for the Lord. So they would hear from God and be able to help lead, guide, and direct Israel. And when we understand from the prophet's uh, point of view and perspective on their ministry and what they were to do, it gives us insight on how we can apply it to our lives as well. See, as believers in the body of Christ, we are to remain uh, vigilant and watchful in this hour, right? We need to also be looking for that next generation to be able to raise, teach, lead, and guide them. Uh, some of the big issues that I, I have seen personally in uh, Christian ministry in America is that uh, there is a, a lack of people who are motivated to train the next generation. They, they want to, well, I'm trying to figure out ministry myself, so I'm not going to take some young person and raise them up and teach them and build them uh, to help them to become ministers. But that, that is uh, thinking the concept of old ministry and old religion, and I'm not meaning like old, like first century church old. I'm talking like last hundred years old, which is actually really new concepts of ministry. If you look at the first century church, they were very much uh, motivated and impacted to raise the next generation, to give them the gospel message, and to empower them, to encourage them, to continue preaching the gospel. And so when we see this, uh, we need to take this for ourselves and say, wait, hold on a minute. If I am a born-again believer, I, I have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of me, the Holy Spirit that's within me is still wanting to proclaim the gospel wanting to release testimonies, wanting to have the gifts flow through my life, wanting to have the fruits of the Spirit flowing through my life, right? That, that we are representatives and ambassadors of Christ. So with that in mind, like I said, we got to take the, the Scripture that we're reading, put it in the whole of the, the biblical text, the whole of the Bible, uh, to get that application on what we need to do. Well, we need to remain watchful. Yes. Do we need to remain watchful as believers in the body of Christ today? Absolutely. What are we doing in our watch, though? See, here he's saying in verse 1, and watch to see what he will say to me. This is having a desire to hear from the Lord. And I, I did an episode earlier about uh, the voices of God and hearing from God. There's multiple ways that God speaks and there's, you know, and, and depending on where you're at in your walk and your faith, it's going to be different. And that's not saying, oh, well, you're not worthy enough or holy enough or whatever. It's just where you are in your relationship with God. And I want to encourage everybody that is listening to this that you desire to hear from the Lord, right? This is in the Old Covenant when Habakkuk is writing this. This is in the Old Covenant. In the New Covenant, we have... Uh, an easier access and ability to hear from God through the Holy Spirit. Uh, just keep that in mind as as we continue on uh, reading in the Scriptures. So I do want to point out a story about being watchful. So we need to be watchful, and when I hear, you know, being watchful and being uh, on the rampart, which is the higher place on a, on a fortification, so it would be like the round parts of, of the wall, uh, uh, you know, or a tower where you would be, uh, set up on a high 
a high point of view. I think of, you know, my military service and being placed in your post, being placed in a position of being watchful, being on guard. Um, there was one, uh, one account uh, when I was in basic training down at Fort Benning, Georgia. The drill uh, sergeant took us out and marched the platoon out to this open field. And it feel, by field, I'm not talking wheat field. It's, uh, it's like sand dune because it's Georgia, and it's the middle of summer, so it is burning hot. And we, he marches us out there, and he has us at the position of attention, which the position of attention is a, uh, a posture where you are, you know, straight up and down, you know, your hands are down towards your legs, and you're not moving. It is a, a, a disciplined position, right? There's no movements that you're going to do at the position of attention. You are to remain still. And so you, you stand there, and you're at that position. The drill sergeant then said, I will be back. And so he ends up leaving, and he, he, he left us in the position of attention. Well, me, my wheels are turning, and I'm like, this is uncommon for a drill sergeant to just leave the platoon uh, so there is something behind this. So I'm very uh, skeptical <laughs> and, and observant at the same time, right? So I'm like, I'm not moving. I'm staying completely still in the position of attention. And we might have been at the position of attention for 15, 20 minutes. And uh, the heat was, was beating down on us. And all of a sudden, I started noticing people in the platoon, especially in the front row, because I'm in the third squad, so there's three, ro- there's two rows in front of me. And those that were in the first squad starting started to move and to, you know, uh, to, to adjust themselves. And as they began moving their arms and their head and things like that, uh, they then gave freedom and opportunity to the second row and the others that were in the fourth row even behind me to begin moving, and then they started turning and talking, and it was, you know, one of those things that I knew that this was a giant setup. After about 20 minutes, the drill sergeant came back, and he had a list of names, and he started calling out names and told them to drop and start doing push-ups. And as they're doing push-ups, he was explaining how uh, the last command that he gave them, right, and he is a uh, a non-commissioned officer in the United States Army, and the last command that he gave us was the position of attention, and that those men that he called out, he was watching them from a distance, and he was writing the names down of the men, and he said, you ended up disobeying the command of, of that position. You failed your post, right? And the whole point wasn't that he was trying to be harsh on us. I know this generation's kind of like, oh, they were being mean. They called you out. Yeah, they called you out because you were wrong. So, yeah, there is a level and a there's a level, there's a standard, and there is a requirement that is given uh, on us as soldiers and as being in the body of Christ. I am going to correlate this back together, but I want you to to get the story. So the drill sergeant was telling us, he was like, listen, you will 100% all of you go to war. Right. This is infantry basic training in 2005. We were at war in Iraq and Afghanistan at the same time. And he's like, all of you will go to war. All of you will be a part of infantry units. You will be given commands. And it is your responsibility, regardless of how important you feel that that position or that post was to you, that you uphold it. 
Many of you will be in guard towers. Many of you will be in blocking positions on the battlefield. Many of you will have a sector of fire. And if you leave your post, it can cost the lives of not only yourself, but those that are next to you. And at that moment, the lesson that he was teaching to us became more real in our minds, and now we understood it. You know, and I, I think about Habakkuk when, you know, I'm reading the scriptures here, and he's saying, hey, I set myself on the rampart. I'm in a watchful state and position, and I'm waiting for your next orders. He's waiting for the orders of the Lord on what it will be. If it will be a correction, if it will be a redirection, if it be uh, edification, whatever it is, he's, he is being watchful, and he's maintaining that last position that the Lord had left him in. When I do uh, you know, counseling for ministers or individuals, especially personal uh, growth and development, they'll say, hey, I haven't heard from the Lord in a long time. And I'll say, well, what is the last thing the Lord told you? And they'll tell me, they'll know what it is, and they'll say, well, the Lord told me to do this. And I'll say, well, did you do that? And they'll say, well, no, I didn't. And I said, well, then stop, stop what you're doing. Go and do that. And then, you know, come back, and then they're like, man, that was, you know, and that was the thing. They were like, can it be that simple? Absolutely. The last thing that the Lord told you and you didn't do, just go and do that. Repent, turn, then go and hit the target, okay? And then those who have not heard from the voice of the Lord, and then I would be in counseling with them, and they would tell me what the Lord had told them, the vision that he had given to them, and I said, well, are you doing that? Yeah, I'm doing it, and I'm currently doing it then keep doing it, and then keep in prayer and stay in that place. If you're, if the Lord is wanting you to do something else, He's going to tell you and let you know. Just because you don't hear anything doesn't necessarily mean that you are in a wrong place or that you're not where you need to be with the Lord. A lot of times, you know, and I, I saw this on a, I think it was a meme or something, you know, and it says, the teacher is silent when the test is going. So a lot of times we're in the middle of a test and we're sitting there going, I can't hear God. Yeah, that's it's because you're in a test. So just get in that place where you can seek his face, being in a watchful position, being in the position where he left you at, and then have an ear to hear and be willing to be corrected, to be redirected, and to hear from the voice of the Lord. All right, so here in uh, verse 2, It says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, and make it plain on tablets that he who runs, who who reads it, so that he may run who reads it. So in this, he's saying, Listen, the vision that I'm giving you, write that down. Why? Because the vision that I'm giving you, another may have to come along and fulfill that vision. And instantly when I'm reading this, I'm thinking of the difference between time and eternity. Just because you hear from something from God doesn't mean that that is going to happen in the next day or the next week or the next month. You, you need to understand that you're hearing something from eternity, and it could, be, uh, it could be a moment of time or it could be a great length of time before that thing comes into fulfillment. And one of the things that discourages Christians, especially today, is that we are we are very much a microwave society. We want things so instant, it is not even funny. If it's one one minute too late, it's too late, right? But in the in the way we think of our relationship with God, we need to understand that God is not in a hurry, and that we need to hear from the Lord, and then we need to continue to pray and seek His face and to determine and say, all right, Lord, when will this be? 
when when in time is this? Is this a now word that I'm supposed to run with? Is this a going to take a couple months or years? Uh, what does this look like in the next 10 years or, or long term? Or am I just supposed to prepare this that those who I'm raising up and training, this is why training that next generation is so vital because they may be the ones that actually fulfill the vision after you're gone. See, people think that they have to be alive to see the fulfillment of what God told them. That is not accurate. I mean, just case in point, if you look at Abraham, God tells Abraham, you are going to be a father of many nations, that your descendants will be as numerous as the sands of the sea. And he sees a handful of descendants, right? In his time, he does not see the fulfillment of what God told him. So in the same way, when God is speaking to us, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are going to be the ones that walk out and see the fulfillment of it. I've um, talked with and counseled a lot of ministers, and they said, man, you know, I really feel the Lord is is calling me into this ministry, and this is what the fruit's going to look like. And I said, well, is the fruit going to look like that in your time, or is that going to look like that through the length of eternity? And then they looked at me, and they're like, what? And I'm like, no, man, you got to think, you know, you got to think in the perspective of eternity when especially you're talking about an eternal God. So God says, oh, okay, inside of me, there's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of souls that are saved. Okay, that is what the fruit looks like off of it. But what does it look like physically in your life? What if it looks like 10 people coming to the Lord, and then those 10 people reaching thousands of people, and then those thousands of people reaching another thousands of people. That is a million people that were reached through your faithfulness and your obedience. Did what God say come to pass? Absolutely. Was it in your lifetime? Probably not. And I, I want to I help you if you're listening to this and, you're, and if you feel like, man, this is really discouraging. It should not be discouraging. It should actually be motivating and um, giving you a perspective of understanding how the kingdom works, how God operates, and how he works. And, you know, we think so much in our own time. This is why it's important to go back to the principles of the gospel, which is to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. When we say yes to God, and there are there is no contingencies or there's no uh, things that are holding us back from fulfilling those those yeses to God, you're going to see it fulfilled even more and more in your life. You're going to see the things that God is saying in your life. Say, okay, now I understand it. Now I'm starting to see how God operates. So God says, hey, I want you to go over here and do this. All right, you're going to go and be obedient in that. That does not mean, see, what we do in our human mind is we say, okay, this has to fit my box on how it uh, validates me, how it's about me. And I want you, if you're listening to this, to think of looking from God's perspective and his point of view from eternity and not through your own flesh eyes and your own mind, okay? Because that leads a lot of people into error because they can't see where the Lord is leading them, guiding them, and directing them. Does that make sense? Uh, Another uh, testimony an individual came to me and said, hey, I feel the Lord's calling me into the military to go into this uh, certain unit. And I said, okay. And so we're training and doing everything to get him prepared. And, you know, I'm giving him some advice on how to do that. 
And as he is training for this unit, he goes in and he, you know, enlists and he goes in and everything like that. He goes into the selection portion and he ends up failing the selection portion. And when he fails the selection portion, he calls me up out of disappointment and he's like, man, I must have missed God. And I said, no, you didn't miss God. Did God tell you that you were going to that specific unit or he told you to go to the training, to go to the selection, right? Okay, well, you went there. All right, you didn't, you didn't fully make it to fulfill it. If God wanted you there, you would have fulfilled it and you would have made it. So I'm like, where's your next duty assignment? And he told me where they were sending him. And I was like, okay. I said, you don't know the place where you're going to if that's where you are actually going to meet your wife or not. I was like, you need to think how God thinks and sees situations and circumstances. There's always something more than it's not just you. It's not just about you fulfilling this or going into that specific unit so you can say I'm a this or I'm a that. It's it's to fulfill the purpose and the call that God has on your life. So lo and behold, he ends up going to the unit that he gets assigned to and he gets there and he was discouraged at first. And then over a couple months, he ended up actually meeting this girl and and getting married. And then he calls me up and he says, you are absolutely correct. I'm like, my goal is not for me to be correct. It's to help you, guide you, lead you. And for you to get that perspective from God where what you're hearing, right, you don't just have assumptions on what you're hearing because that can get you into a lot of bad places because then you're like, well, I failed God and I did this and that and God told me to do this. And it was like, no, you did what God told you to do. He told you to go there. You went there. Now you're being redirected to another place. I said, stay on the journey. Stay on the path. Keep after God. Keep, you know, and he was still in the word. He was still praying. He was still seeking after God. And boom, you know, at the end of that, he got clarity and was like, yeah, I, now I'm starting to see these things. All right, so that is writing the vision because we don't know if it is going to happen in our time or not. Also, I'm reminded of 2 Timothy 2, 2, where Paul, the Apostle Paul, is telling Timothy to go and train up other faithful men so that they'll be able to teach others also. Paul here is in prison, and he is commissioning one of his spiritual sons, telling him to fulfill the vision and the call that God has given to Paul. So Timothy's actually running, continuing running the race that Paul had started. So he said, I ran my portion. If you think about it like a baton race, right? Paul hands it off to Timothy and says, I've ran my portion, now run yours. Now he's running his, and he has to go and find faithful men and women to be able to train and equip them so that they can continue running the race all the way up until today. See, we are a part of a great legacy in the body of Christ. And it is important for us not only to run the race that's set before us, but to hand the baton off and to equip and train others that are around us. So always having a mind and an eye to be able to equip others is important in the body of Christ. So here in verse uh, 3, it says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time. See, this goes back to the time and eternity thing. Just because you have heard Something from God does not mean it is going to be instant. It is set for an appointed time. Then it says, But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Now, this is in the New King James Version. You may have a different version of your Bible if you're following along. And those tarries right there, see, and this is where atheists would come in and say, See, look, the Bible's full of contradictions. 
No, you have to read beyond just surface value of those scriptures, okay? Now, when you look at the Hebrew text here in verse 3, those tarries, right? Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Well, is it tarrying or is it not tarrying? Yes. What? Break it down. What's the original Hebrew? Here in the original Hebrew, the first tarry is actually maha, which means to delay, right? And then the last tarry is ahar, which in the Hebrew means late. So if we would read this in the original language, it would say, well, I'm not going to speak Hebrew over here because I'd be spitting all over the mic, but in English form, a more accurate translation would be, though it is delayed, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not be late. Though it is delayed, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not be late. Well, what does that mean, Caleb? Well, you have to think. Just because you're asking God for something, and God is telling you what he's going to do, wait for it, because it will not be late. When it needs to happen, it will happen, because God is always on time. He is in eternity. We are in time. Okay, so God's always on time. So this should be encouraging uh, to you when you're thinking about the vision and the mission that God has given you, He has placed on your heart. Say God has, has uh, opened a specific form of ministry to you or highlighted something to you, and you should write those things down and let others know what God is telling you because how do you know that those people that hear what the vision is don't, are not the ones that will take that baton and run with it to the next step and take it into that next level, okay? We need to think bigger than just ourselves. We need to think about the entire uh, body of Christ and how we are to fulfill our part, and what an honor it is to be able to be in that portion of the race, to say, you know what? Yeah, this is my watch. I'm on the rampart. I will maintain my post. I will stay my position. I will write the vision plain so that others who will come alongside will be able to see it and run with it. Why? Because it is for an appointed time. The fulfillment of the vision is for an appointed time. And though it may seem like it is delayed, it will not be late. It will not be late. So we can take this and apply it to our lives when we get into that place of prayer and we start hearing things from God that we're like, all right, write those things down. I encourage people, whenever you're in prayer, have a notebook, have a journal that you'll be able to write things down. And, you know, have a, a group of people around you that you can bounce those things off of, too. Be like, hey, man, I was in prayer and this is what I heard. What You know, align it with the Word of God, you know, balance it with the Word of God and say, okay, it aligns with Scripture. Now let others hear it. And so that way they can say, man, you know what? Yeah, that, yeah, I'm feeling that too. And how do you know that those are not going to be the people too that will link arms with you and help run that vision with you in the moment of time that you are here and then be able to hand it over to the next generation that they can continue running the race all the way to the end? Amen? Amen. I pray that this uh, episode has encouraged you and it has uplifted you. As always, I love all of you. Have a phenomenal day. Thank you so much for joining in today's episode. If you would like to learn more about Caleb Perkins Ministries, please go to www.calebperkinsministries.com.